Welcome to Verse by Verse, the teaching ministry of Pastor John Reed from Calvary Chapel, Northwest Reno. You'll want to grab your Bible and follow along, verse by verse, with Pastor John. You see, when the Christians bring the Holy Spirit, when we bring the gifts and the power of God, and we push back the darkness and the evil, the city rejoices, Reno and Sparks. Yay, God is in this place. Jesus has set me free. I've experienced God's love and peace. We have some, uh, I don't know if you've heard about the radio station. In a couple months, we're going to have the radio station on the air, K-Book 93.3. We're going to own and operate a Calvary Chapel radio station. And some of the pastors, they keep calling me, when are you going to be on the air? We're ready. Our programs are ready. We want to bring the gospel to Reno, Nevada and Sparks. We're so excited. We want all those people coming on vacation and gambling and they're driving in their car. We want them to hear our radio programs. We've been praying for Reno. Why is Reno so significant to you? Oh, it's important. There's so many people there. It's a very lost place. We've got to get the gospel on the airwaves of Reno and Sparks. Praise the Lord. Get it any way you can. Spread the news. Reach your neighborhood for Christ, one person at a time. I moved back to my old house and met my neighbor, and he's like, oh, you're a pastor? What church? Oh, Calvary Chapel. I got to go. I got to go to church. And I didn't even invite him. I just met him. I got to go to church. Then my neighbor on the back said, oh, yeah, that's so neat. Oh, I really wanted to meet you. And then uh, another neighbor uh, yesterday said, can I borrow your lawnmower? <laughs> How do you reach your neighborhood? You become friends. You help them. You lend them things. I guess you could bake a pie, but I'm not into baking. But you could bake something or buy them something. You bring something over. Meet your neighbors. Spend time with them, care about them, have them over. And then when you find their pains and their hurts, you cry with them, you pray with them, you give them a scripture verse. <laughs> you invite them to church. Come on with me to church. It's not that hard, but you got to invest in people. Give some of yourself. Save Simon the sorcerer. That evil, demonic, heathen, perverse, nasty, wicked Satan worshiper. Let him go to hell. Oh no, Jesus loves him too. You know, that witch, that warlock, that evil person, that atheist, that violent, horrible sinner, ex-con, whatever. Jesus is after him. The gangbanger, the Muslim terrorist. I mean, you think of the most horrible, evil, wicked people. Jesus loves them and he wants to save them and he wants you to give them the gospel. And we're going to see an evil Satanist come to the Lord. Verse 9. And there was a man named Simon who formerly was practicing magic in the city and astonished the people of Samaria. 
claiming to be someone great. And they all, from smallest to greatest, were giving attention to him, saying, this man is what is called the great power of God. They're attributing him to being uh, divine and have God's power with a capital G. It is the great wizard of Oz, the great and powerful. <laughs> and he has his followers from Emerald City, yes. Uh, but it was all trickery and smoke and mirrors, right? It was a big gadget machine and the smoke and the fire. And don't look at that man behind the curtain. <laughs> He's a fraud. Human powers. Some in the occult have human powers, but some have demonic powers. Uh, I've encountered and been invited to the covens in uh, Lemon Valley and the old one in Virginia City. Of course, I'd never go. They'd love to sacrifice a pastor on the altar. <laughs> oh, witnessing to the occult members, you know, and telling them, you know, why are you serving the devil? Here you're this young, strong, good-looking young man. You have your whole life ahead of you, and you're a Satan worshiper, freestyle? Well, my mom raised me into this. <laughs> and I'm like, well, let me show you about the devil. And I showed him verses. Here's what happens to the devil. He will be under our feet. We will crush him. He will burn in hell. His side will lose, and his followers will go down. Jesus will win. Choose the side of victory. Well, I've never seen these verses. I have to think about this. Showed him the origin of Lucifer and his pride. And I will, I will rise above the stars of heaven. I will be like the Most High. I said, the devil's deceived. He's going to mess you up. He wants to kill, steal, and destroy. Sometimes you got to witness to the most evil and wicked people, but I don't want that person to get saved. Wasn't that Jonah? I don't want Nineveh to get saved. <laughs> you got to witness to whoever God says. Verse 11, And they were giving him attention because he had for a long time astonished them with his magic arts. It's the old village witch doctor, and he gets saved. And it's weird how Christianity can come into an evil place, voodoo, santeria, uh, the occult, witchcraft, you know, Indian magic. Oh, don't mess with the Paiutes. That's a demon. We've got to get that out of you, sister. <laughs> Man. And when Christianity comes in and it comes into an evil, dark a culture, it changes things and the people get saved and they leave the superstition and the evil and the occult and the witchcraft and they come to Christ. Verse 12, but when they believed Philip preaching the good news about the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were being baptized men and women alike. What was Philip giving them? The good news, the gospel, and giving them the name of Jesus. Jesus will set you free. When I've battled people in the occult, 
Man, I say Jesus a lot. In the name of Jesus, I rebuke you. I bind you. You cannot speak. Come out of that person in the name of Jesus Christ. He gave them the name of Jesus, and they believed, and they were baptized. They're coming through the food ministry director. (laughs) Any Christian can witness. Verse 13 Even Simon, this witch, this warlock, himself believed. And after being baptized, he continued on with Philip. And as he observed signs and great miracles taking place, he was constantly amazed. It's not the apostles anymore. It's Philip doing great miracles. God is using him. You don't have to be a great pastor, evangelist, televangelist, gone to seminary. You could just be a servant of Christ, and God can give you a gifting and a miracle. You could pray for someone, and they can be healed. It's the power of the church. It's the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Verse 14. Now when the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent Peter and John, our dynamic duo. Peter the rock, the leader of the church. And John the beloved, Jesus' closest disciple. They come to Samaria to see what the Spirit is doing and to give a second experience, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Verse 15, who came down and prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. For he, the Holy Spirit, had not yet fallen upon any of them. They had simply been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. It is a second experience. Do you see it? The people of Samaria are saved. They have the Holy Spirit in them, but they don't have the Holy Spirit upon them, a second experience. And the apostles are going to lay hands and pray for them, and they're going to be open and receptive, and they're going to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit with all his gifts and power and anointing and what he wants to do in their lives. 17. Then they began laying their hands on them, And they were receiving the Holy Spirit. The api experience in Greek, to come upon. I do believe there are three experiences with the Holy Spirit. He can be with you, he can be in you, and he can be upon you. Maybe before you were saved, you sensed the conviction of the Holy Spirit. You sensed God's presence in your life, and he was walking with you. But then you got saved and you asked Jesus into your heart and the Holy Spirit of Christ indwelt you. And now you want more. You want to serve. You want to do great things for God. And you're like, Holy Spirit, I humble myself. I empty myself. I want you to fill me. Come upon me. Use me for ministry. Do an anointing. Do a touch. Inspire me. Give me strength. I'm afraid and intimidated when I witness or when I try to use my gifts. This is the Spirit upon you. You must witness 
to the bad boys and the bad girls, even to witches and warlocks and Satanists, and even to lawyers and politicians. <laughs> Think of the most horrible, wicked people in your life. Jesus is after them. He loves them, and he wants to save them. And you're thinking, that person's too evil. They'll never come to the Lord. You don't know. It's not your choice. You just tell them. You can't purchase God's power. It's not for sale. Verse 18. Now when Simon saw that the Spirit was bestowed through the laying on of the apostles' hands, he offered the money saying, give this authority to me as well, so that everyone on whom I lay my hands may receive the Holy Spirit. I want the power. I want the authority. I want the title. I will pay for it. It's what we call simony. Came from Simon, the same guy. You could look it up in the dictionary. Simony is buying spiritual things with money, buying and selling them. You can't do that. Buying spiritual positions. I'll pay money for that a bishop position so that I can be over that sanctuary. It's horrible to think you can buy God, buy God's church. But Peter said to him, may your silver perish with you. May you and your money burn in hell because you thought you could obtain the gift of God with money. You can't buy God. You can't buy your way in. You have no part or portion in this ministry for your heart is not right before God. Therefore, repent of this wickedness of yours and pray the Lord that if possible, the intention of your heart may be forgiven you. Wrong motives. Can I tell you, some people don't always come to church for the right reasons. Not everyone who comes to church wants Jesus. <laughs> I want money. I want to find somebody. I want to get hooked up. I want a connection. I want a position. Not everybody comes to the Lord for right motivation. And Simon's this new believer. Some say, oh, he's a heretic. He's a Judas. He's an apostate. He's not really a Christian. You know, if you can't beat him, join him. He was against us, and now he's one of us, but he's really not. I don't know. I don't know if Simon's for real, but he's very messed up, and he has still a lot of sin and evil from his past, the occult of sorcery. God's Holy Spirit and the fruits of the Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit are present. You cannot earn them. You cannot work for them. You cannot do holy rituals to get them. 
But if I whip myself, if I crawl on my knees, if I do all these prayers, if I bow with my prayer rug, if I eat the right things and, and drink the right things and do all the rituals and I get the temple recommend and I do all the rules, can I get it? Can I earn it? Can I buy it? No. Absolutely not. But the good news is it's a free gift. God will just give it to you through love and grace and mercy. But I want heaven so bad, I'm trying to be good. You cannot earn heaven. It is a free gift of God. That's the good news. That's the gospel. 23. For I see that you are in the gall of bitterness and in the bondage of iniquity. But Simon answered and said, Pray to the Lord for me yourselves, so that nothing of what you have said may come upon me. I want to do right. Pray for me. Help me. Is it true repentance? Only God knows. A church had visited us uh, in the past, and they said, Pastor John, we have a much bigger church. We want you to come be our pastor. We'll pay you more than double what you get now. We're up in the mountains. We're close to the beach. We're in California. And the Holy Spirit said to me, no, I sent you to Reno. You stay here. And I said, you can't buy me. <laughs> it's not enough. I'm staying. You know, most pastors in the ministry, say at least 80% of pastors, they got to do a little side job, work on the side. They don't make a lot of money. It's, you know, the big mega church pastor, the the, the televangelists, they, you know, they make it bad for all of us. Oh, the pastors, they're all rich. They're all in it for the money. Can I tell you, most American pastors are poor. They work on the side. They struggle. They usually retire with, like, nothing. <laughs> they're not in it for the money. I would choose a different career if I was in it for the money. I'm in it for the Lord, for the souls, for the spirit. There's some things that are more important than money. Have you discovered that? And you cannot buy the church. And hopefully you cannot buy the pastorate. Give it away. As a Christian, we are to give it away. To share, to pray, to minister. Like Jesus did, give it away. Like the apostles Peter and John did, they gave it away. Like the deacons Stephen and Philip, they gave it away. What is the point of all this? To receive God's free gifts. Didn't Jesus say to the disciples, freely you have received, freely give. God gave it to me, and I'm giving it to you. Don't sell it. Don't make people strive for it and earn it. You give it as grace. It's like a gigantic Christmas present. It's like a huge package, and you open it up, 
And it's the cross, stained with Jesus' blood. You could still see the spike marks in the wood. It's a gift that God would love you so much that he'd send his son, that Jesus would sacrifice his life for you, that he'd pour out his blood. You cannot buy one drop of Jesus' blood with silver and gold and money. It's too expensive. You could never afford it. You cannot buy the golden streets and the pearly gates of heaven. The price is extravagant. The price of a holy, pure human who had never sinned, the Lamb of God. That's the only price that can be paid. Can I tell you, heaven is free, salvation is free, because somebody has paid the price, only one who could pay, the Lord Jesus Christ. He paid the price for you so that you could have it for free. You can't earn it. You can't work for it. You cannot buy it. It's out of your price range. The cross of Jesus. So you come to Christ. You give him your life. You accept his death, his resurrection, his salvation, his heaven on your behalf. The next step. You come to the Holy Spirit. You humble yourself. You empty yourself out. And you say, Holy Spirit, fill me. Come upon me. Give me your fruit. What's the fruit of the Spirit? Love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, gentleness, long-suffering, self-control. Those are good things. Everybody wants peace. Everybody wants love. Everybody wants joy. Joy is better than happiness. <laughs> then you get the gifts of the Holy Spirit, which are powerful and supernatural. And let me say this, because I know, you know, everybody's like into Harry Potter. The kids, Harry Potter. Can I tell you the things of the occult and witchcraft? Their magic and their power are used to kill, to destroy for pride, so they can win, so they can build themselves up, so they can feed their own flesh. Can I tell you the gifts of the Holy Spirit, the powers of Jesus here on earth, if you investigate them, they're always good. Healing, delivering, feeding people, bringing people back from the dead, calming the storm. The powers of the devil are used for evil. <laughs> People say, but I'm a white witch. I just want to do good things, you know. And they talk to Satanists and they say, oh, Pastor John, I don't believe in the devil. He doesn't give me my powers. My powers come from God. My powers come from nature. I don't even believe in the devil. Yeah, right. <laughs> Crazy. The deceit. The powers, the gifts of the Holy Spirit are beautiful, peaceful, healing, gentle, kind. They bring us to God. They heal us. They give us life. How do you get the Holy Spirit? Well, first you become a Christian. Ask Christ into your heart. 
Then you ask for his power because you're serious. You want to serve. You want to use your gifts. You pray. You say, Holy Spirit, I'm open to you. Come upon me. Fill me. Use me. You surrender yourself. You receive it. The Spirit is a gift. The giftings, the fruit, they're a gift. You can't buy them. You can't earn them. You can't deserve them. God's not for sale. Let's pray. Holy Spirit of God, we need you today. We pray that you go forth and you save and you convict by your word that you bring more people to Jesus whom we love and we worship. We seek you. We call upon your name. Holy Spirit, we need your fruit and your gifts in our lives. Do your thing as we open ourselves to you, as we empty ourselves to you. For we pray always in Jesus' name. Thanks for supporting Verse by Verse, the teaching ministry of Pastor John Reed from Calvary Chapel, Northwest Reno at 246 Courtney Lane, Reno, Nevada, 89523. Our phone number is 775-746-4567 and our webpage is calvaryreno.com. You're always welcome to join our services.